Welcome to Data Access Golf, your home for rapid golf improvement. And now, from the thin air of the Rocky Mountains, next on the number one tee, your host, Aaron Stewart. Welcome to another podcast from Data Access Golf. My name is Aaron Stewart. Good to be with you today. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank, for, thank you for your comments. Thank you for sending in. Thanks to all those that have signed up. This is getting pretty exciting. We've got the Winter Golf Challenge coming up starting December 1st, where we're going to use a lot of cool feedback devices to kind of get us ready for spring. And um, you'll be the best golfer of your life come spring. I feel really confident about that and not confident in my abilities. I, I'm, I'm an idiot, frankly. But but when it comes to getting this accurate feedback and developing a good golf game, I am convinced that that is the easiest and the best way to go. And again, it goes back to my sort of uh, geeky mind, but I, I like to research. I like data. I like instant feedback. I'm one that, that believes you can't go anywhere if you don't know exactly where you are. And this kind of gun gives us all of that. We will know exactly where we are. And uh, then that will gives, gives us an idea of where we need to go. So I'm very excited about that and excited about the opportunity to work with all of you that have, that have jumped in. Appreciate it very much. Uh, today, I wanted to talk a little bit about this whole concept of um, becoming good at anything. Um, in Malcolm Gladwell's book, Outliers, there was this concept he presented talking about how if, if anybody took 10,000 hours, they could master sort of I, I don't know if, if it's any activity, but you, you, be, you could become a, a master at whatever it is. They, they figure Tiger Woods probably got through that 10,000 hour mark somewhere when he was a late teenager or maybe in college where he became really, really an expert at golf. So that's kind of the idea behind this sort of discussion today. There's another couple books. I've read them both. Um, they were both suggested by um, Joe Shoemaker of Extraordinary Golf, but Talent is Overrated by Jeff uh, Colvin, or excuse me, Jeff Colvin, apologize, and also The Talent Code by Daniel Coyle. And their premise is essentially very similar in that if you practice a certain way deliberately, and if you um, kind of work through sorts of things that maybe talent and, and this, the idea of talent and natural abilities is probably overrated. When it comes to golf, I um, originally really believed that talent was a big part of golf. And I still think that there's always an aspect to talent in everything that we do. There's just some things that we're better at. There's some things that we might be more um, physically built to handle and be better at. Some of us might be more flexible, whatever. So there's definitely some, some, some advantages. I believe there's some talent. There's some mental acuity that probably some people have that are, that's better than others. That's probably one of Tiger's biggest strengths with his sort of his mental acuity, his mental ability to sort of lock everything out and stay present to the situation. But um, this, this idea that somehow or another you can practice enough to become an expert at anything is fascinating, frankly. And I don't know if you remember, but th there was this guy named Dan McLaughlin who decided, uh, boy, it was got to be five, six years ago, that he was going to, based on this whole concept of 10,000 hours to become to master anything, that he was going to basically use that and become a, you know, a very good golfer. And that was what he went out to do. And he kind of gave up everything and, and just went into golf all the time. And that was a super fascinating thing to watch. He kind of blogged about it. 
And that was how we were able to sort of see his progress. He had a coach. Um, he did a, a pretty good job of sort of track, sort of tracking his progress and getting there. Eventually, though, he kind of gave up on it. Somewhere in the 6,000-hour area, I think it was just over 6,000 hours, just barely over 6,000 hours, he kind of he gave up. He just stopped doing it. And he gave a variety of reasons, talked a lot about sort of the mental stress of it all. Um, and, and I kind of wanted to get into that side of it. Whenever we decide to go and do something and become proficient at something, there is a risk that we're not going to be able to succeed. It, we shouldn't stop, you know, trying to become an expert at whatever that thing is that we're pursuing. And in this particular case, it was golf. He had a coach, he had an idea, but eventually he became so frustrated with the process and so frustrated with his inability to get past a certain point that he gave up and uh, decided to pursue other things and go about his life differently. And I, I have thought about that a number of times as to why he gave up. And you can kind of read it on his blog. And he, he achieved some, he achieved, I mean, he was a, a really proficient golfer. I mean, I think his handicap got down to a 2.6 or whatever. So very proficient. He, he really did an amazing work in that 6,000 hours to get there. A lot of work. But it eventually it just became so it was too frustrating for him. So I, I think that a lot of the frustration comes... And I, I will credit Fred Shoemaker on this too, because we talk about this a lot. When you're out on the golf course and somebody hits a bad shot, we talked about expectations in a previous podcast and sort of managing those. I mean, let's definitely look at ourselves and expect outcomes, you know, based on our current skill level. And, and let's be realistic about that to sort of kind of keep our emotions in check. But you'll definitely see some folks that get super upset after they hit a bad golf shot. And... And Fred and I have talked about this a lot, and, 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 and Fred's sort of um, explanation of why people get so upset after they hit a bad golf shot, some people, is that it's the upset of knowing that it's going to happen again. And I've always thought that was super fascinating. And um, for those that, that join us, we'll have an opportunity to, to talk more about that, especially some portions uh, in his book, in Fred's book, Extraordinary Golf. But this concept of, you know, it's going to happen again. So that's why we get frustrated, right? This anticipation that I'm going to duff another one, top another one, you know, pull one dead left or right, whatever. That that's the, the cause of the frustration. And I, I, I agree. I agree completely with that. That's definitely part of the frustration. But I've also realized going through this sort of data-driven experience that part of that frustration when we hit a bad shot is that we don't have the explanation as to why it happened, right? Where, where if, if we, Fred always says, if we knew that after the next bad shot, we would never hit another bad shot, we wouldn't get upset. We would look forward to the bad shot. It would change our perspective. We'd hit the next ba best bad shot and we'd be just like pumped, right? We'd be thrilled that, that good golf was now part of our future forever. And that would be fascinating. That'd be a wonderful, wonderful place to be proficient golf for the rest of our lives after the next bad shot. We would look forward to the next bad shot. It would change every, nobody would be upset at the next bad shot. But that's really not the situation. The next bad shot happens and we know that it's going to happen again. And so we get frustrated. But I would argue now after going through the last three, almost four years now of really basing golf improvement, at least golf swing improvement 
on data is that when when we don't understand what caused the bad shot, when we don't understand why we're swinging poorly, that is an that is a huge amount of frustration. And so when the bad shot sort of um, bubbles up and, and occurs, then we freak out because we don't know what to do to stop it. We don't know what in the world caused it. And that causes huge frustration. To go forward and have a future when you don't know what's causing the problems in your life is, is wildly frustrating. Is, um, right? It's discouraging not knowing what's causing all these problems to occur. So that's the one thing that I think that we address that when we understand what's going on in the golf swing, when we have data to actually see what's going on in our golf swing and train ourselves to have a better golf swing and understand what that is about and get that feedback and that data, then the frustration of a bad shot goes away because we at least have some semblance of an understanding of what went wrong. And I have on the golf course hit a bad shot and then I'm not playing with anybody. It's not a tournament round. I will go ahead and pull the equipment out of my bag and strap it on and, and do an, a, a, the exact same swing again or as close thereto as I can possibly muster so I can see it. So I can see what in the world happened and have that understanding. And I, your frustration will completely go away when you have an explanation as to what happened or at least not completely go away. The frustration may still be there because you're realizing, okay, I've got this weakness in my swing or that weakness in my swing, but it is far less when you know what it is and you can identify it than when you have absolutely no idea. I don't think that we as humans do not operate well when things are going poorly and we have no idea why, right? It's a total freak out job. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if it's at work and, and, and we don't know why our boss is treating us like garbage. We don't know what we've done wrong. We don't know what we can do to improve it. Anytime that we get into a situation where we've lost control and we don't know what to do to make it better, we humans unravel. That's just human nature. That's just who we are. So on the golf course, you can't expect anything different. I understand the frustration that comes on the golf course when you hit a bad shot. Um, I think that a lot of that's unrealistic because most of us haven't practiced enough or learned enough or played enough to expect ourselves to perform well at the level at which we sort of see ourselves, you know, where we should be performing. So we've got that thing to deal with. But on top of that, when you hit a bad shot and you feel like you are proficient and you are putting in the work, but you still don't have any idea as to what caused the bad shot, complete disaster. So I I can promise you that when we get into this and we, when we get the equipment fired up and we get going and we start analyzing and looking at our golf swings and we start having accurate feedback, that that frustration that, that we feel that you feel out on the golf course will subside, right? You'll be able to do something about it. You'll be able to go to the range after the round and, and, and take this equipment and get the feedback and figure out, okay, oh, I got it. I can see what I'm doing wrong. Okay, I'm going to work on that. And then we'll go ahead and put it within, put it in our sort of practice repertoire and we'll work on that. And we'll sort of level all these things out and get our swings to a really good place on plane, functioning well, feeling great and playing well. So that's sort of my promise to you and kind of the point of this whole thing. And I'll say this, it's not going to take 10,000 hours. I think 10,000 hours is probably something that you need to do when you do not have a mentor, when you do not have accurate feedback. I think that you can reduce that time 
an immense amount when you have instant feedback. When you don't have instant feedback, yes, you're going to have to experiment and explore and figure things out for yourself. But when you have instant feedback, you can get really good at something very quickly. And I go back to the, to the bike analogy. It didn't take us 10,000 hours to become expert bike riders. What it took was instant feedback, right? We don't have that necessarily in golf on the golf course, but we have more now than we've ever had in order to practice effectively and to get really, really good. So when we do go out and play, we can expect better results. So that's sort of the discussion for the day. It's not going to take 10,000 hours. It's going, to take us a, it's going to take us a winter to drastically improve your golf swing. So come spring, you're going to be loving it. Your frustration will be down. You'll be playing better golf. You will understand your golf swing better than you ever have before. And it's because it will be data-driven, data-focused. Feedback will be instant and we'll be able to learn from that. I can promise you that. If you haven't had a chance, go to our site, dataaccessgolf.com and sign up to be notified when our program goes live for the Winter, winter Golf Challenge. I'm very excited about it. We started shooting the videos. It's going to be great. Until next time, please remember, better data means better golf. See ya. Thanks for listening to Data Access Golf with Aaron Stewart. Check us out online at dataaccessgolf.com and we'll see you on the next episode.